welcome, ladies and gentlemen, and everyone in between. Grab your vices, chill out, and let's get straight to it. This is episode 53 of the Straightforward with Miss B podcast. So welcome, everybody. How you guys are doing today? Oh, excuse me. I'm fucking up the music already. But hey, it is what it is. But how you guys are doing? I've been doing great. Um, we were off a week. And um, so don't, don't sh- you know, don't kill me for being off a week. Um, but I'm back. And you know what? We're going to get into some shit today. Um, yes, we will be speaking about the forthcoming um, Freak Nick um, documentary. No, I do not know. I be- believe it's going to be produced by Jermaine Dupree and... Um, um, Luther Campbell, Uncle Luke out of Miami, but I do not have details, but that has been all the buzz uh, within the last uh, week or so. You got your aunties and your uncles getting a little bit nervous out here in these streets um, because, um, you know, not only will it probably, the, docu- the documentary will probably showcase you know, all of the fun that we used to have back in the 90s um, at this um, annual event. But also, I'm sure that the documentary is going to get into some of the, um, you know, awful things that occurred as far as the um, sexual assaults um, and things of that nature. So, you know, we have a lot of individuals, a lot of us college um former alumni and uh, people who wasn't in college at the time as well who attended. Um, You know, some people are getting a little bit nervous because, hey, they are living a very wholesome life nowadays. You know, they got families, they have kids, and they got jobs and careers. You know, some people just live a totally different life. And if they are having to make an appearance in this documentary, um, you know, it would be a shame if they were butt naked. You know what I'm saying? If they had on skimpy clothes, a little two-piece, shaking their ass, doing this and that. Um, so, yeah, I can I can definitely understand. Luckily for myself, um, I won't tell you my exact age. However, you know, I am in my 40s. And, yes, I was a college student. Um, I am from Atlanta. Um, however, I did attend college in Alabama. Um, but of course, you know, that was only a couple of ride, you know, a couple of hours drive to Atlanta um, when Freaknik was going on. So, um, you know, I was definitely there in attendance for uh, a couple of them. I believe I may have went two or three years straight. And then after that, I was done. I think I ended, I think my last attendance to Freaknik might have been 97, possibly 96, 97. Um, after that, I was just kind of over it. Um, I was tired of being in the traffic, you know, standstill traffic. It's just, to me, to me, that's the most annoying part of going to something where there's, you know, thousands and thousands of people participating. It's just being in traffic. And as you know, Atlanta has always had a very bad traffic issue, um, here. So just imagine, um, back then how awful it was to just be in standstill traffic. I mean, if you were planning to go to the club or go to the park or something like that to hang out, you couldn't get there 
really. You couldn't get there. You find yourself just parking lot pimping or in traffic, just at a standstill, and that's where most times people kind of had their fun and shit just popped off. It, it popped off in the traffic. <laughs> traffic. So, um, so yeah, so I wanted to kind of use this podcast episode to dive into Freak Nick a little bit more, and we will also discuss... Um, kind of what's you know what what do people consider to be a little bit too freaky as in just people um themselves and how they take their image and what I'm speaking of is just Uzi um little Uzi and um Doja Cat where they had some things come up in the news recently that I you know just kind of had questions on but um to start off hey we getting straight to it today um let's talk about Freak Nick okay so um Freak Nick, just for background information purposes, uh, Freak Nick was kind of started in the 80s. It was a very small, maybe a couple of hundred people um, out of the Atlanta University Center. Um, for those of that you that's not familiar, Atlanta University Center basically is an area where there's multiple colleges. So you have Morehouse College, Spelman College, Clark Atlanta, um, and also Morris Brown College. So they collectively called that unit the Atlanta University Center. Um, however, back in 1983, according to um, Wikipedia, um, 1983 basically it started as a small picnic in a public park, I believe John A. White Park, might have been the park that they started it in, um, but there was a um, there was like a student club called the DC Metro Club, um, where they would host you know host these this little annual event, um, just to kind of give students you know a little break from the norm, and give them you know time to kind of party and fellowship with their friends and have a good time, and. Um, yeah, so they came together. Like I said, it was a couple of hundred people that that became kind of like an annual thing. Um, then eventually, eventually, Freak Nick, as we know it, um, grew into something very much. Uh, it became epic, man. I tell you, by the time the '90s rolled around, the shit was just off the chain. It it went from a couple hundred people attending this event word starts spreading to other states, other colleges and universities, and then thousands of thousands of thousands of people started to um, come to Atlanta to, you know, participate in this weekend full of festivities. So it would be things like concerts going on, of course, parties at the parties at the parties. It would be dance contests. It would be basketball tournaments. I believe they also had, um, what was the music? They had like this music conference thing. I forgot what it used to be called. I want to say Jack the Ripper music conference, some shit like that. Um, that would be going on during feet, uh, Freak Nick. Um, you know, of course, they would do, like, job fairs. Uh, corporations would come out and, you know, because, hey, like I said, it initially it was college students, but, you know, so why not try to offer people jobs, you know, while they're down in the city? Um, but, like I said, it definitely became something um, 
very, very huge for the city of Atlanta. Um, it went from, like I said, hundreds of people to 15,000 people to 300,000 people coming into Atlanta. Um, they would congregate at Lakewood Fairgrounds, um, Piedmont Park. I believe the couple of years that I did attend, uh, we would go to uh, Piedmont Park. I mean, we're in the park just, you know, Floating around, looking at the looking at the dudes, you know what I'm saying? Dudes hollering at women. Um, but like I said, after a while, it just became kind of unbearable. People will start shooting out at the park. Um, girls, some girls, I myself did not wear anything skimpy at the time. I was I was on my TLC, you know, wave back then. So I, I kind of dressed like a tomboy baggy clothes, you know, colored braids in my hair, things of that nature. Um, so I didn't put, I've never put myself out there when it came to, you know, just how much uh, my clothing would be revealing um, to men. Um, that wasn't me. However, I didn't knock any female that chose to dress that way. Um, but yeah, so, you know, other females will wear like bikini tops. Um, they'll have like the jean, what we call uh, booty shorts or the biker shorts. You know what I'm saying? And then be twerking. Hey, twerking has been around for quite some time. So hopefully, you know, millennials don't think that they invented that shit in the 2000s. No, you did not. Twerking has been around for quite some time, <laughs> quite some time. Um, but, yeah, so, you know, with that, unfortunately, you had um, you had individuals, men who would just automatically think, hey, well, she's dressed that way, so she basically is inviting me to grope her or touch on her, you know, unwarranted, which was not the case. And it just definitely became something that was serious. The city of Atlanta um, – and the mayors at the time, like Bill Campbell, Kasim Reed, who came along later, um, they just did not want that in, going on in the city. You know what I'm saying? Looting people, you know, looting stores, breaking into stores, stealing stuff. You know, it was just a lot of violence that was happening. Um, I mean, but hey, what can you expect when there's 300,000 people in a city and one, the traffic is so bad that we can't really make it to these prospective venues in order, you know, to be able to control the crowd a little bit more at these venues. We couldn't even make it to the venues. And then the police department eventually, you know, after years, they started blocking off certain exits. So you couldn't go down certain exits because, a lot of the business owners, people in the neighborhood, uh, neighborhood associations and think community leaders, you know, they're like, hey, now these people are invading residential neighborhoods and they're calling causing havoc in our neighborhoods. We have to do something. We need this to stop. So as you probably can can guess by now, eventually it did. It just it had to stop. It had to come to an end, unfortunate end, because it was so so live. I remember 94 Freak Nick, I think specifically, I think that's the year that I probably had the most fun 
at Freak Nick. Um, I have my girls. We all came, the you know, friends that I've made um, down in Alabama, at, at Alabama State. We went up to Atlanta, came up to Atlanta. I believe I was driving around. I think either we had rented a car or I might have been driving my mom's um, Ford Explorer. <laughs> Ford Explorer. I was smoking that bitch out. <laughs> Hopefully my mom don't listen to this, but yeah, we probably was smoking. We was smoking that car at y'all. Um, but yeah, we riding around in the city. I believe I met this dude, one of my close friends out of, out of Delaware. I won't say his name, but I uh, met him um, in the crowd, in the traffic. I remember I saw him and we just locked eyes. It was like, uh, love at first sight. And we just kissed in the middle of traffic. It was so crazy. <laughs> Shout out to him. Shout out to him. He's married and everything now, but we have maintained our friendship, you know, all these years. But it was just so hilarious. <laughs> it's so hilarious, man. But I had so much freaking fun that year. It was just, it was host, it was still wholesome at that point, meaning that you can go to the West End, you know, walk the mall. Stick around in the parking lot, people playing their loud music. You know what I'm saying? We all just having fun, people drinking, people got their cameras who did have video cameras at the time, and they were just shooting video, you know, and it was it was still kind of wholesome fun. By the time I would say 96 came around, that's when shit started taking a wild fucking turn. And it was just uh it it, it just became it became too much um going back to this wikipedia article um basically it just says you know back in 1998 um according to as reported by the associated press it says that the atlanta committee for black college spring break should no longer welcome freak nick um, it says, uh, quote, unquote, we cannot support events that bring lewd activities, sexual assaults, violence against women and public safety concerns, fire trucks not being able to reach victims and ambulances not being able to reach hospitals in a timely manner, said committee chairman George Harthorn. It says by 1999, the celebration of the festival um which had then left out of the city of Atlanta and kind of migrated to DeKalb County, which is the east side of an east side of Atlanta. Um, it died down due to heightened police. I mean, heightened police security. Um, in April 2010, Atlanta officials said there is no permitted freaknik related events inside the city limits. This was according to Atlanta Mayor Kasim Reed at the time, um, and he also stated that he would be tough and even sue the organizers of any Freaknik-related activities who violate city guidelines. Of course, after a 20-year hiatus, um, there was one last official Freaknik being in 1999. Um, Atlanta-based promotion company After Nine Partners and Carlos Neal contracted. Um, they had contracted um, Uncle Luke, Juvenile Trina, and some others um, to kind of spearhead and help revamp the Freaknik. Um, summer 2019, Freak Nick featured hip-hop and R&B music artists performing at the Solaris Amphitheater. Other activities were available throughout the city, such as community service events. Um, there was, they say, about 20,000 people who actually attended the one in 2019, um, but they all, 
you know, luckily were adults who uh, participated and um, they were adults who just remember, you know, kind of nostalgia for the 80s and 90s, the time that they grew up, um, you know, at the original um, Freaknik Festival or Freaknik event. So, yeah, so like I said, um, Freaknik was a wild place, but let me just not, not, put it all on freak nick as well um there were other college kind of sponsor related spring break events that used to happen i know for the caucasians maybe um you know we hear a lot about panama city i think panama city has been a place as far as within the u.s that college kids started to go to um but back in my day in the 90s we also had daytona beach daytona beach was a place where you kind of see the same type of you know activities we had fun at daytona beach we used to go to all of them daytona beach then you had myrtle beach um as well that was more like a college related bike uh, people who ride motorcycles, they call it bike week or whatever. That happened at Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. So there was always these other um, events that took place that did garner the attendance of thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of my brothers and sisters. And we had fun at every last one. Like I said, once it started getting to the point where it was just crazy, crazy out there, then, hey, I I was like, I was over it. I had graduated, um, you know, got my degree. I left school, and I was just over it. I wasn't going to none of that shit no more. <laughs> I didn't really have a reason because I was focused on getting money, getting, you know, having a good job, and, um, you know, starting my career, my corporate career. So, um but yeah, I don't know, you know, like I said, a lot of people is getting kind of nervous for this Freak Nick doc, uh, Freak Nick uh, series that's supposed to be coming to Hulu. I think it's going to be interesting. I think people will be tuned in to it. Uh, what I am curious about is because there were so many people who were filming, you know, different facets of, um, you know, of Freak Nick. Like, I'm curious to see if somebody is going to sue, especially if you happen to have a, a picture. Are they going to, I think they probably to safeguard any lawsuits, Um, you know, like, hey, you you didn't have rights to use my likeness um, in your show. So I think they probably will um, blur out faces that way people, you know, won't be able to sue Hulu and JD and Luke. Um, they need to blur our faces. But, yeah, especially if they get to the sexual assault topic and the violence against, you know, other violence um, against people and women, um, I think to safeguard themselves, they definitely, definitely need to make sure that they blur out, you know, blur out the faces um, faces on that um, series um, <clears throat> but this topic this topic also had me thinking like could something like this a festival of this nature 
um, work, work again, you know, in today's society. I personally do not think so, especially here. Well, here in Atlanta, we also still do like, um, I think they brought back the Midtown Music Festival. Um, you know, we always have like jazz festivals. We have so many little, um, beer festivals, seafood barbecue, you know, so many different little festivals like that that happen throughout the city and even in the outskirts, whether it's in Marietta, Alpharetta, DeKalb County. Uh, we always have tend to have, like, festivals going on. But something that is dedicated strictly to the urban community, um, I don't think it would definitely, you know, work um, either these days. It would have to have... It would have to have definitely heightened police security, um, law enforcement, protect, you know, outside protecting everyone um, because there has been, of course, a lot of shootings happening. You know, it's so many mass shootings. It's just so much that goes on in different cities around the world, not just, you know, in Atlanta, but just around the world in general. Um that the crime levels definitely will, you know, be a deterrent, deterrent to something like that happening again. I think that, you know, the college kids, urban college kids do need a place. You know, they be want to do spring break. Sometimes they go out, maybe go to Cancun, I believe, you know. Um, however, it it would be good to see something freak Nick Nick in nature, um, to return for college kids to attend. However, I think that, um, like I said, because, you know, it's just a lot of crime that's happening these days, people getting robbed, people getting killed. Um, it definitely will, you know, it probably will just deter, you know, anything like this ever returning again. It, it was, a, it was a time stamped in history, for those who had the opportunity to come to Freak Nick in Atlanta, hey, we're left with our great memories that we had, had, and um, hey, that's all we have, you know, as, as well as photos that we. I was around the house trying to find my old Freak Nick pictures. I shit, I ain't came across them yet, um, but yeah, we have videos, photos. Hey, they are just you know distant memories at this point, um, and I don't think it's ever going to return. Um, speaking of freakish, like I said, in the music industry, a lot of times artists um, will do things to either, you know, rebrand themselves, create some new buzz. Maybe they have a project album or anything like that that's coming out soon. Um, and I'm wondering if this is the case for um, Uzi Vert. Uzi Vert and Doja Cat, actually. Uzi Vert came out. He was in Thailand. There was a big festival. I believe Cardi B participated in that festival. A lot of other entertainers. Uzi came out, and he actually introduced the world to his alter ego, Leslie. Um, just to give you guys a picture, Uzi is a very, very small. I think he might be five feet. He's a very small, petite man. Um, he is very talented rapper. Um, he's, he definitely kind of, um, he walks that fine line between when it comes to, um, when it comes to his drip and his fashion sense, 
he does teeter onto the feminine side uh, with some of the choices that he makes when it comes to clothing that he wears. He wears fingernail polish. Um, so he he introduced this new person, um, Leslie. Leslie had pink a pink extensions because um, he's been growing his hair out. So he had his hair straight combed flat ironed but he had pink extensions in the back he had his pink um nail polish he had on um some little glasses um and you know people have been you know just kind of like i think even his fans is kind of like oh my god like come on dude you know um and he was in Thailand. He had a video of him eating a cockroach, like a fried cockroach. So it was like, what are you doing? Okay, you got this um, song that has been buzzing on TikTok. It's up the charts. Uh, Shawty want to rock, 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 rock. That song right there. Um, so I'm sure he's coming out with a project. I believe it's going to be called The Pink Tape, if I'm not mistaken. Um, is he doing all of this part of, like I said, part of promotion for his upcoming project? Um, if he is, it's like, is it taken too far? Like how far do a person, an artist specifically need to go in order to create buzz, um, buzz for a new project? It's, it's almost like, like, dang, you know, are you... And, you know, sometimes some people think that, you know, he, he, like I said, teeter on the saint, satanic side as well. Some of the things he may say or tattoos and things of that nature. So it's like you're going to do all of this for the sake of helping to promote your next project. And, you know, people are really questioning, like, do he even need to do all that? I personally do not think that. Uzi is talented enough um, that he does not need to do all the extra bullshit um, in order to promote an album. And I feel the same way um, as I segue into speaking about Doja Cat. Um, Doja Cat as well, I believe, has a new project coming. Um, you know, Doja Cat is someone who's a little bit different. Some may consider her as being a little bit rude, um, I like her music, however, but she recently debuted a tattoo of a mythological fi figure. Um, however, you know, there are some people who um, relate that particular tattoo image to be one that is satanic. Um, say, you know, satanic. She did end up um, kind of going back and forth with people um, about her choice. Um, she did provide and try to educate us on the meaning behind the image, um, which she clarified that it was part of Fortunio Lissetti's 1665 edition of De Montrice. Damon Trice. So Damon Trice, basically, he's an artist. He was an artist. Um, his name, Lissetti, was an artist. And Damon Trice um, basically was a visual commentary on deformities in nature um, with basically the artist choosing not to see these differences as errors or failures in the course of nature. 
Um, instead, he likened nature to an artist who faced with some imperfection in the materials to shape, ingenuously created another form still more admirable. Um, that is what I'm reading here on BuzzFeed. Um, like I said, even though there was some clarification on Lissetti's image and uh, maybe why Doja chose to get that tattooed on her, um, hey, the fans, some fans, it's like, okay, why are you glamorizing Satan? Um, you know, and she just basically, you know, just, you know, Doja has a smart mouth and she just kind of like, she's not really letting the criticism get to her. And, you know, sometimes as an artist, I do believe in individuality. I do believe in people doing what the fuck they want to do with their life, with their bodies. Um, if, if this is something that she chose to do and it has a deeper meaning to her, then by all means, tat, tat, tat it up, tat, 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 tat it up. Shout out to Fable. But by all means, tat yourself up. I don't really care. It's, it's, it's their body. A lot of times, you know, as you know, people be getting tattoos. Hey, I got maybe a tattoo on myself that I probably would want to not necessarily remove, but maybe get covered up. But hey, who knows? Some years from now, um, Doja may feel as though, hey, this is too much. Why did I do that? Have second thoughts about it and get it removed um, or even, you know, covered up with something else that is um a little bit more holy <laughs> to say the least maybe she'll do that um but yeah like i said i don't really care you know i don't really care what people do with their lives but um but yeah would i have gotten this tattoo hell no i would not have done that um but hey like i said she does what she want to do. Hey, she does what she want to do. And, um, yeah, it seems as though, like I said, um, this may also, too, may have been a stunt being pulled by Doja Cat um, to help promote her next release. Um Looking at Billboard, it does say that, um, yeah, she she has a pro project that is going to be um, coming out. Um, it says the 27-year-old superstar. Oh, excuse me. The 27-year-old superstar. What is going on? Oh, Lord. Anyway, she took her, um, don't you just hate when you be trying to go to a website? This is a sidebar. You try to go to a website and a thousand goddamn ads be popping up. It's like, oh my God, please. Anyway, the 27-year-old superstar, she did take to her Instagram stories um and basically um drop hints um of a 19 track list 19 song track list for her upcoming album 
Um, she has songs on it called Attention, Love Life, 97, uh, Wet Vagina, Can't Wait, um, and an unfinished song called Uchi's. Um, she has yet to confirm, however, um, if this actually going to be a the track listing um, for her project. Um, the project is tentatively titled Hellmouth, according to um, TMZ. So, hey, maybe with the Hellmouth, Hellmouth title, um, of her project, maybe this is why the Demontrice um, image was tattooed on her because it maybe coincides with that. Um, but yeah, it's gonna be interesting. Like I said, I am not a super fan of Doja Cat. However, I think that she can rap. She is creative. She can sing a little bit. I like her music. Um, I like her music so. It'd be interesting to see how she kind of flips this hell mouth thing um, since people are thinking that she um, may be satanic. Uh, but, yeah, it'd be interesting to see how she flips it. She's always been kind of a weirdo to me. Um, so, yeah, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Um, but, yeah, so... That's what I wanted to talk about today with you guys. Hope you guys enjoyed this podcast episode. As always, if you have questions, if you have comments, if you have critiques, I am welcome to all of that. Definitely DM us. You can email us as well at straightforwardstr, the number 8fwdmedia at gmail.com, or you can find us on um social media str the number eight fwd um msb on all social media platforms and yeah just tell me how you feel and uh i would definitely appreciate it um tune in to us um our podcast playlist is listed on youtube um as well as spotify amazon music audible um apple Google Podcasts, pretty much anywhere you can listen to podcasts. Don't forget to subscribe, follow us as well. Thank you so much for all your support. And until next time, 